Chapter Twenty of the Submarine Boys Lightning Cruise. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Submarine Boys Lightning Cruise by Victor G. Durham. Chapter Twenty. Captain Jack pulls a new string. Radwin did not return. Though looking outwardly composed, John C. Rhines passed the next few hours in a condition of internal unrest. Why did Chief Ward want to see Fred Radwin? And why had the latter tricked himself off out of sight? These questions tormented Rhines the more, because he could not even invent satisfactory answers to them. Is the chief of police acting on anyone else's orders? quavered the old man. Has Fred betrayed himself in anything he has done? Is he a fugitive from justice? Oh, mercy, what a situation, just when I'm trying to put the deals through, that shall make the Rhine Submarine Company the richest concern of its kind in the world. By the middle of the afternoon, Rhines heard the newsboys calling something excitedly down in the street. What's that? What's that? gasped the old man, holding one hand to his ear. Sounds like dastardly plot, submarine mystery. Can it be anything to injure our chances? As he looked down into the street from the altitude of the third-floor window, Ryan saw that whatever the news, the boys appeared to be selling papers fast. For a few seconds, Ryan's wavered, and then he crossed the room to the telephone. Send me up the latest editions of the newspapers, he phoned the clerk in the office. After that, he lighted a big black cigar and waited, mopping the perspiration from his forehead. After a few moments, there came a knock at the door, and Rhines opened it. He noticed that the bellboy looked at him somewhat queerly as the papers were handed over. Then, having closed the door and locked it, John Rhines sank into a chair, holding up the three newspapers in turn and scanning the big black headlines. Yes, here it all was. The whole story in every essential detail it told of the mysterious attempt to destroy the hastings at the end of the lightning cruise the stories contained lieutenant danvers statement that the thor had been headed toward the hastings just a few seconds before the torpedo passed the pollard's boat's bows there was an account of the naval party search of the thor and the fact that the latter craft was found to have her full number of torpedoes on board was set forth in all fairness oh yes the story was fair enough no newspaper man could have been fairer than had the chroniclers of this exciting submarine news there were no accusations against rhines or his associates nothing but the fair unbiased telling of facts and yet in almost any reader's mind, the opinion would be quick to form that only from the Thor could the treacherous torpedo have been fired. "'Oh, it's awful!' cried John Rhines, waving the papers over his head like a madman. Jack Benson had played his master stroke in this new game. In former times, when the Pollard boats had been all but unknown, Captain Jack had been quick to grasp the importance of newspaper fame as told in the second volume of this series jack had once invited a big party of newspaper folks to dunhaven to observe some startling performances by the pollard boat 
at that time he had given them a program so full of excitement that the fame of the pollard boat had been flashed over the country and the navy department had found public opinion clamoring for the united states navy to own and control a few of these wonderful craft and now jack benson wholly and absolutely convinced of the guilt of rhines and radwin had gone to the local daily newspaper offices with his account of what had happened out at sea it was a great stroke yet captain jack had not undertaken it without first having secured the permission of jacob farnum after jack went to the newspaper offices the colfax reporters had busied themselves with interviewing naval officers including members of the naval board and now the story was out for the whole world to read and yet it was a statement only of bare easily proved facts the newspapers were glad to have such a startling yarn and it had been told in such a way that john rhines didn't have a single chance in any suit he might bring for libel after the first shock that the discovery caused him john c rhines began to suspect jack's hand in this straight from the shoulder blow it's that young benson again he raged silently rising and stamping on the offending yet truth-telling newspapers and this will get beyond colfax the newspapers of the larger cities will begin to hear this by evening tonight this whole yarn will be flashing over the telegraph wires of the country tomorrow morning millions of people will be reading this awful stuff oh if i could only tear that young fellow to pieces john rhines gnashed his teeth in his fury had he caught a glimpse of himself in the mirror just then the man would have been afraid of his own reflection yet with all his guilty knowledge of what he had encouraged radwin to do it did not occur to rhines to lay the blame anywhere except upon the shoulders of honest though hard fighting captain jack benson presently john rhines cooled down he even became suave and smiling though under the smile a ghastly pallor lay on his cheeks the change of outward temper was all because he was forced to become crafty before others it is a common way with many newspapers to leap on a man and trounce him figuratively speaking and then to send reporters around to see how the victim has enjoyed the flaying that was what happened to john rhines within half an hour after the newspapers had come to him a message over the telephone from the hotel office informed the president of the rhine submarine company that a reporter was below who wished to interview mr rhines uh, eh, huh, choked the wretch swallowing hard have the young gentleman shown up of course and send up any other reporters who may ask for me and by the time that the first reporter reached the door rhines had carefully removed all traces of the torn newspapers the old man was calm he even smiled slightly though he affected to be stung to the soul by the thought that any american could think that he or any of his party aboard the thor could have been guilty of such a fearful attempt of crime but of course young man urged rhines suavely you will be able through the great power of the press for right to set all suspicions at rest you will i beg of you give renewed publicity to the fact that we were found to have our full number of torpedoes aboard 
that one fact alone of course disposes of any suspicion that we could have thought of doing such a fearful thing the reporter was young but he was not lacking in shrewdness this boyish-looking journalist had interviewed smooth-talking scoundrels before there is one little point i would like to inquire about mr rhines hinted this reporter chewing at the end of his pencil a dozen a hundred points anything you want to know protested the man who was being interviewed thank you nodded the reporter coolly now it is a well-established fact that you had your full number of torpedoes aboard when the naval officers searched but have you any place on board the thor that would serve as a hiding place for an extra torpedo an extra torpedo that might let us say have been obtained in any one of a number of ways john c rhines began to feel great waves of chill passing up and down his spine hang this smiling boyish reporter rhines began to feel that he hated this young man next to jack benson no shouted the interviewed one hoarsely angrily we have no such hiding place on board we have no place that could be used for hiding an extra torpedo the reporter nodded then continued with a cool smile thank you mr rhines for answering so important a question on such a vitally important point it is very important to have this suspicion disposed of that such a hiding place might exist very important confirmed john rhines leaning forward in his most impressive manner and you have my authority for settling the point for good and all so that of course mr rhines pursued the cool smiling young reporter you'll be most glad when i suggest to you the importance of allowing a commission composed of say an editor and two reporters from the gazette to go aboard the thor search for such a hiding place and then be prepared to inform the world that no such hiding place exists on the thor that proposition came like a torpedo itself it struck too below the waterline of john rhine's hard-won composure why do you he stammered and then the wretch forced himself to be cool again no my young friend i'm sorry to say that that would not be practicable you see a submarine craft is full of secrets outside of our own crew none but officers of the navy can be permitted to go below the platform deck of any of my boats oh well then nodded the reporter the gazette can clamor for a naval board to be appointed to make the search and at once that will serve the purpose as well mr rhines and it will answer the most burning question that the public will want to ask then came the other reporters rhines saw them all wore before them all the mask of wounded innocence showed them all how easily they might allay the public suspicions then when the last reporter had departed john rhines feeling too weak to stand sank down upon a sofa covering his face with his hands and thus for some time he lay hardly giving signs of life his fright was great indeed in striking this blow young captain jack benson had struck far harder than he had even dreamed when rhines began to realize things once more he missed fred radwin radwin the seeming fugitive who had run away from his foul leader at the first sound of a police voice still it was possible that radwin was not far away possible also that in this fact lay the greatest danger that had ever menaced jack benson 
End of chapter 20